Uh, words are, are so powerful. And I want us uh, this morning to look in Matthew 3. And we're going to look at the power of words. Uh, and, then, um, and then I'm going to kind of wrap up by looking at the power of water. And we're going to, this story that we're diving into today is, uh, has to do with Jesus and his baptism. And um, a couple of gospel accounts tell us about it. Um, I'm going to be in Matthew 3, and we're just going to look at verses 13 through 17. But then we're, we're going to pull some other passages of Scripture that talk about words and water and, uh, and make some applications as we go. All right, before I jump into this, I'm going to speak some words to God and get quiet and let Him speak to me. How's that? All right, let's pray. God, thank you that you are a God who speaks. Um, You are very gracious also in being a God who listens to our words. And Lord, I um, want to pray that I would decrease and that you would increase. Um, One of the characters in this story that we're about to read, John, uh, spoke those words. And Lord, that is is my desire. Um, On behalf of us as a body, we pray that we would decrease and that you Father would increase, that you would be glorified. I thank you that the words of Scripture breathe life. The words of Scripture are true. Um, and I believe with all my being that we can really count on and lean on, and as Dave described, uh, surrender ourselves to you as the Word, as a Father who loves us, um, as your children. To a Father who speaks to us words that can be trusted and cherished. Um, make yourself real among us. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Beginning in verse 13 of Matthew 3. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you. And do you come to me? Can you just kind of put yourself in John's shoes there? Talk about intimidating. You know, Jesus says, hey, if you could do something for me, I'd like you to. And so he kind of pushes back at first. Like, are you, are you kidding? Have you forgotten who you are? Um, and Jesus replied, let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. And this is one of the, I hope God has like video of everything that took place so that when we get to heaven, Uh, We'll be able to see it. Um, Even if it's like VHS, I'll take it. (laughs) As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. There is great power in words. Uh, Verse 17, and a voice from heaven said, this is my son whom I love with him. I am well pleased. Um, Dave, I love the description you gave us of just the perfect parent, Uh, the absolute perfect parent. If we could imagine, and I think he is so perfect that we would have a hard time even wrapping our minds around it. But for that perfect parent to say, you are mine. And I love you. And I am affirming you. I am well pleased by you. Um, There are uh, some passages of scripture 
that Christians around the globe are reading leading up to this day. Uh, they're reading these passages a part of the, as a part of their worship services. Uh, this is a day for many churches to, uh, to honor and to celebrate, to, uh, to commemorate the baptism of Christ. It's also a time maybe where some churches will, uh, will have a special day for baptisms. Uh, but if nothing else, it's an opportunity for us to learn a little bit more about it. Uh, depending on your faith tradition, uh, this may be a new teaching to you, some of what uh, we talk about today. But either way, I would love to have a conversation with you afterwards. If you have some questions about baptism, what this means for you, what, what does that look like? How do we practice it here? Um, I'd love to have that conversation with you afterwards. Uh, but I want us to think about, uh, again, the power of words. And this is one of four passages that uh, we are looking at, churches um, uh, that are following this lectionary reading in the Christian calendar year. Matthew 3 is one of them. Another one is in Psalm 29. And this passage is interesting um, because this really highlights the power of God's voice, the power of words. And I'm not going to read all of Psalm 29, but let this just kind of picture how um, vivid and powerful God's voice is and how it's manifest. The voice of the Lord is over the waters. The God of glory thunders. The Lord thunders over the mighty waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is majestic. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. The voice of the Lord strikes with flashes of lightning. The voice of the Lord shakes the desert. The voice of the Lord twists the oaks and strips the forest bare. Powerful. Have you ever... um, if you've ever seen a place that's devastated by a tornado, then you kind of have a real vivid picture of what wind can do in twisting a tree and stripping forest bare. Um, it's an interesting passage in Psalm 29 because each of the four basic elements are mentioned in here. Earth and wind and water and fire are all mentioned in there. If you want to dive into that at some point um, while listening to Earth, Wind and Fire, go for it. <laughs> all right. Um, but it's, uh, it's, it's such a, a vivid picture. And, and what, what, uh, one of the things that we see in this is, is God is even more powerful than these things. He has control over these things. His voice is more powerful than even these uh, displays in nature. In verse 3, it said, The voice of the Lord is over the waters. The God of glory thunders. The Lord thunders over the mighty waters. And I think I read this and I think of two passages. One, what we just read in Matthew 3. The voice of the Lord thundering over the waters of the Jordan River as Jesus comes up out of the water in his baptism. But I also think back to Genesis chapter 1 and creation. Um, if you want to turn to that, you can. I'm going to read a couple of verses from Genesis 1. And it uh, begins by saying, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty, darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And then it goes on uh, throughout that first chapter, um, as it's talking about, to begin with, it sets the stage by saying that the Spirit is hovering over chaotic waters until God brings order out of chaos. Until God's voice speaks and turns the chaos into order um, and life. 
And so this is, as this kind of helps us, I, I want to take just a moment because I think this will help us understand the baptism of Jesus and his voice over the uh, waters of the Jordan. But it, I think it also can speak to us in a fresh way. So we read those first couple of verses in Genesis 1 and 2, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And then the next three words in the text are repeated ten times in the first chapter. Anybody want to take a stab at what they are? And God said, is it up there? Oh, okay, I thought maybe you were reading it off there. But anyway, it's going to be up there. Good. No, now it is. All right, good. <laughs> and God said. So ten times... You're about to read through Genesis 1, and God said. There is power in words because it was, and God said, and there's several times where it it says what he said, and then it says, and it was so. Like there was no question. God said, let there be light. God said, let's separate the heavens and the earth. Let's separate the land and the water. God said, God said. And this repeats over and over. God's voice is powerful, thundering, ordering, and life-giving. And there's another phrase that's repeated in the creation account of Genesis 1. And it is, uh, God called. Or in some translations it says, and God named. And what he's doing there is, uh, this is when he's going through and, he's, and God named um, the light day. And God named the darkness night. God named the heavens. God named the earth. He's naming all of these things. So he, God has said, and it was so, and God is naming with his voice. And then the third phrase that's repeated in Genesis 1 um, is God's voice declaring at the end of each of these creation day accounts, and it was good. And it was good. God is saying, God is naming And God with his voice is affirming. God said, God named, and it was good. I want us to go back to Matthew 3, 17. And it says, And a voice from heaven said, This is my son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. I want to overlay what we were just saying about Genesis 1 with this passage in Matthew 3, 17. And a voice from heaven said, or in other words, and God said, This is my son whom I love, God named. With him I am well pleased. And it was good. God said, God named, and God affirmed. You have already, in our examples of how powerful words are, you know how it is to be named. Whether it is you echoing a name that uh, you believe in about yourself, if it is you speaking, uh, someone speaking into you about who you are, there is power in being named. And especially when it is the God of heaven, when you sense deep within you that God is speaking and he is naming you and he is saying, you are good. This is good. I affirm who you are. So there's power in words. And I want us to also see that there is power in water. Um, In this baptism account, when we typically think of baptism, uh, we probably, for those of us that grew up in church, we would most likely associate baptism and the waters of baptism with cleansing, with forgiveness. It is the washing of our sins. Um, we would believe that uh, water is just a powerful symbol. Baptism is a powerful symbol 
for, for that exactly. Uh, that there is a, a cleansing, a forgiveness, um, also of healing. Water is also pictured as healing. But I also want us to understand that baptism can also indicate um, something that's rather dangerous and daunting. We see the good of water, but can we recall times when we have seen the devastation of water? Floods, tsunamis, heavy rains. Um, we, we see this and we see that baptism is not just a symbol of cleansing, but baptism is also a symbol of death. Um, what Jesus was foreshadowing in his baptism and what we, for those of us that have been baptized into this life of Christ, if this is the surface of the water, what we are saying is this is the way that I've been living my life, um, but I am dying to that way of living. I'm going to put that to death. And by God's power, I want to be raised to a new life. So with it, there is a, there is a symbol of letting go, this picture of letting go, of relinquishment, of saying there are some things in my life that ought not be. And those, I'm, I'm asking God to put those to death. And it's in one of those paradoxes where as that is put to death, God brings it to life. God brings us to life in a new way. Um, Baptism is a beautiful picture, and I think oftentimes it is pictured as something that is uh, just like after a baptism, there's applause, there's cheering, um, there's a hug. Uh, when I was baptized, I got to be baptized by my dad, and I was a junior in high school, and my dad baptized me, and as I came up out of the water, there was no dove, <laughs> um, there was no booming voice from heaven, but there was a voice from my earthly father. Um, and a hug. And there were a bunch of people in that room that day that applauded and cheered. Um, it was a real powerful time. But I've also had encounters with water that were a little bit more on the terrifying side. Uh, when, uh, when I was a youth pastor, I was, it was the first church I was a youth pastor at, and I was about 20 years old, which is a little crazy when you think about it. Me and a bunch of people only two years younger than me um, <laughs> that I was in charge of. Uh, but I was, I was the one that was crazy enough to put on our calendar of summer activities a swim party. Now, the one I say, why I say crazy enough is because if you're the youth pastor and you're like 20 years old, you become the object that has to be dumped. In a, in a swimming party. Every guy in the youth group is saying, okay, I'm gonna, we're going to pile on him and we're going to get him underwater. And, and I'm, I feel comfortable enough in like three feet of water when my feet are on the ground that it's going to take a fair number of teenagers to, to get me under. Um, but I know that if I'm in water over my head, I'm in trouble. And some of that is because I really don't swim very well. You put me in deep water by myself and I'm going to have a hard time staying above the surface. Um, floating on my back was something that I never could quite figure out how to do. Um, I sink like a rock. So, so we put this uh, swimming activity. We go over to somebody's house with a pool. We're having fun. And yeah, I did it a couple of times in the shallow end that I, they tried to dunk me. And to the best of my knowledge, um, I don't remember them uh, encountering any success. But then I, I made the mistake of thinking I could dive off the diving board and stay underwater long enough and come up in the three foot that even though they would try and dunk me as soon as I come up, that I would still, I'd be ready, you know? So I jump in, and as soon as I hit in the deep end, they all jumped in from the side. 
while I'm still underwater, and they, I've got, I don't know, 33,000 middle school and high school guys on my back. And just about the time I would get almost to the surface, another kid would jump in and push me back down. And I'd almost get to the surface, and I'd get jumped. And um, I don't remember how long I was holding my breath. It was a long time, like probably 20 seconds. And uh, <clears throat> all I know is panic set in. I'm not a good swimmer anyway. Um, panic set in, and the only thing I could think of as I am underwater, and I know I need air, and I can't get these kids off of me, I start throwing elbows, okay? <laughs> and it worked. <laughs> uh, they, they spread out. I made solid contact a number of times. I make it to the surface, gasp for air. I make it over to the side, and it kind of looks like dynamite had gone off in a pond as these little kids are kind of starting to float to the surface <laughs> and moaning. I felt kind of bad, but I was like fear, fearful for my life in that moment. Water can be dangerous. Um, I know we got a couple of you from uh, Marin uh, Covenant. I was talking to Ben Kearns the other day, and he said he was <clears throat> he was surfing in waters that were a little bit rougher. Waves were a little bit bigger than what he thinks he's ready for. And he took a bad tumble, and his surfboard, the side of it, <clears throat> came up and cracked him in the ribs. And I don't know if he's got broken ribs or what. He was uh, still not sure. But I know for him to just stand up and breathe was really difficult. Water can be dangerous, right? When Jesus was baptized, this great voice of affirmation echoed over him. And then he was immediately ushered into the wilderness in a time of temptation. This baptism, this naming and saying you are good is actually at the beginning of Jesus' ministry. It's at the beginning of this life of sacrifice and service that Jesus is entering into. Baptism really is a picture of surrender. We've sung about it, uh, we've paused, and we've reflected on some scriptures and some images of it, but you don't baptize yourself. I don't know if you ever thought about it like this. You get baptized. You, you stand in the water and you <clears throat> allow yourself to be taken down below the surface and brought back up. Um, there is a picture of surrender and trust. And I think that's great because basically what we are saying is the life that I have been living, I am placing that in God's hands and I surrender to him. We don't baptize ourselves. We surrender to God. And it's also a picture of all in. I'm not going to get into whether or not uh, sprinkling or pouring or being immersed is really the right way, the best way. I just know that the word for baptism uh, literally means immersed. It means to be completely submerged. Um, And I think it's a picture of being all in. When someone is being baptized, uh, one of the questions I've asked at times when someone is being baptized is, are you all in? Are you all in and ready for this exciting life that God has for you? And when we say, yeah, I'm all in, we're recognizing that there is cleansing and there's healing and there's forgiveness, but there also could be some really difficult and challenging things ahead. And in spite of that, I'm all in. This is, this is what I am called to. Now, I want to kind of use an illustration that, that maybe will help us see all in 
a little bit better. I need two teenagers, and uh, either teens or 20s, and, and you have to like Oreos. Like, that really narrows it down. But I need two volunteers uh, to come up here. For real, you're going to get Oreos. I don't know why you're not all running up here. Okay? Okay, and uh, <laughs> all right, there we go. All right, you guys, jump up here. Thank you. Thank you for volunteering. I just want to say, it's awesome that you volunteered. Okay, so uh, grab an Oreo there. Pretty awesome stuff, huh? All right, enjoy. Did you have breakfast yet? Mm-hmm. You did? Mm-hmm. Time for lunch, though. This is good. Now, there's, there's a way to enjoy an Oreo. And I would say, are we enjoying an Oreo right now? Pretty good. There's an element of that that is uh, that's great. But I mean, you can kind of, kind of enjoy an Oreo or... You can really, I don't want you to hold on to, you'll, you'll want more than one for this. But if we're really going to make the most of an Oreo, you got to have some milk. Ice cold milk. Yep. And uh, there's different ways to enjoy an Oreo. But I would say, oh boy. Um, I like, like milk. Uh, in glass and then um, the other way to really make the most of and some of you maybe can relate to this uh, you gotta have a spoon okay you gotta have a spoon so with one hand hold the hold the glass and uh, then I want you to just drop that Oreo in there okay now, do you have like texture issues like does it does it because you know, like Oreos some people like to really let it soak for a long time and other people like eh, you know still gotta al dente. I don't know if that applies to Oreos, but, um, and then a spoon, just to, to spoon it out. How long, is it saturated enough, or you want to let it go a little bit longer? I can't have it in lactose intolerance. <laughs> <laughs> you have totally killed this illustration. All right. Okay, all right, here we go. Um, <laughs> your lucky day. Imagine you love milk, okay? <laughs> yeah? Pretty good, huh? Yeah. All right. Okay. <laughs> you keep going. All right. You just, you, you just kind of live in your own Oreo world right there. Um, so there is like, um, there's just like, there's, just as there is a way to taste of an Oreo and there's a way to, this is more of an experience. You get what I mean? Like sometimes you can eat an Oreo, but sometimes you just need to experience one. Can I get some kind of an affirmation on that? Yeah. You're acting like, oh no, it's a, you know, if you'd had carrots and celery up there, I'd have been into it. I don't do it. Whatever. 
but there is a way that we can truly experience this. Now, this is what I want to talk about as we immerse ourselves. There is a way that, and I'm not going to try and tie in lactose intolerant and intolerant of Jesus or anything like that. Um, There is an aspect of baptism in our spiritual journey where we kind of think um, like baptism is almost the the culmination. Like I've been on this spiritual journey. I'm going to give my life to Christ and I'm going to be baptized. Yay. Awesome. Um, And with that, maybe we also decide, okay, I'm going to commit to certain activities. I'm going to go to church. I'm going to go to a Bible study. I'm going to join a small group, things like this. But there is an immersion that we are invited into that is so much more than just a culmination. It's actually a commissioning. This is when we, thank you. This is when we realize this isn't the, uh, the pinnacle. It's, it's actually just the beginning. When we immerse ourselves in Christ, this is the beginning of the life that he created for us. Will it be daunting? Yes. Will it be life-giving? Yes, all of these things. And it's not just participating in certain activities. It is a life of action. And as you allow yourself to be completely immersed in this life of Christ, as as God seeps into you, let me ask this question. How many of you wish you were sitting up here right now in this seat enjoying this? Yes. (laughs) There is a component. I'm not asking you. There is a component of living our life in such a way where we are immersed in this Jesus life where other people will say, I want what you have. There is something about you. There is some kind of a difference. It's not just that you kind of went to church and did a few activities. You are a brand new person and there is a joy in your life (laughs) that I want. There is power, not in baptismal waters as much. There is power in immersing ourselves in this God life, in this with God life. And it is in this chair that I believe we will hear God's voice and that he will name us and he will affirm us. Grayson, you are God's child. Yes, and you are good. You are good. This is the naming that we long for. All right. Thank you. You can hold on to the glasses, whatever you want to. <laughs> Grab a couple of Oreos. <laughs> uh. What we're talking about is the difference between going to church. And being the church. Between trying to think of something good to do and living godly. It's just a completely all-consuming way of going through life. Jesus was all in. He was all in. He heard the words of his father. He carried those with him as he entered into the wilderness. He carried those with him. As he walked that long road that led to the cross, the words were powerful. They were sustaining for him. He was all in. We are going to partake of communion 
It is a beautiful picture of how Jesus was all in for us, giving everything that he had for us. And it's also, and we've kind of drawn from this illustration too, it's also kind of a way for us to think about what would it be like for us to be consumed by him. So I'm going to ask you to, to bow your heads, and just, but I want you to picture something. Um, which of these two chairs best typifies where you are in your spiritual journey right now? I'm going to ask the band to make their way up, and uh, those that are going to serve communion, you can make your way up here too. But which of these two stools up here is probably the best example of where you are right now on your journey? And I'm just going to be honest and say, I tend to hover a little bit closer to the lactose intolerance stool. <laughs> I can think of things in my spiritual journey that I long to do, but I'm not sure I'm going to tolerate. I'm not going to tolerate the negative effects. I want the cleansing and the forgiveness and the healing. But sometimes there's just other things that I'm not sure I can tolerate. But then there are those moments when I've surrendered, those moments when I've heard that affirming voice and I've been named. And I'm telling you, this is when my soul is full. This is what I was created for. How about you? As you approach the communion table in just a moment, maybe a part of your prayer is just, God, I want to, I want to tolerate more. I want, I want to hear powerful words, and I want to dive deep into the waters with you. Whatever the circumstances, whatever the consequences, I want to dive deep. Father, I thank you for sending your son. Jesus, we thank you for being incarnate, for being uh, the perfect example of what it is to live a human life here. And we also thank you for your spirit, not just the spirit that hovers over the waters, not just the spirit that descends like a dove, but the spirit that you offer to live within us. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Son. We thank you, Spirit. As we approach this table, Jesus, we say thank you for offering your blood and your body for us. Thank you for being all in. In Jesus' name, amen.